You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions preview podcast. It is week four already, and we are on a short week because it is Packers week. It is Thursday night football. And if you play in Lambeau and you're the Detroit Lions in the past three years, it means you're playing in prime time. You don't have a, a, a voice in the matter. Um, but my name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the producer over at Pride Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online. With me, as always, as my co-host for the First Bite preview podcast is senior editor is I was always going to say the machine. You're you're not quite the machine. No, you're the rock god. Thank you. Okay, you're yeah, at, that works. You're at Ryan underscore POD. Ryan Matthews is here. Ryan, how are we doing, buddy? Doing well. Just got finished coaching a or not coaching, but refereeing a powder puff game. Uh, oh. So it, it's football all week, baby. And uh, you know what? We have an awesome guest. We do. Who, uh, we're not going to throw any flags on this guy. Uh, before, before we throw to him, and this is not going to be a treat for the podcast listening audience, but can you give me a good, like referee enthusiastic, like emote or like, oh, can you give me a holding on the defense, which is my favorite referee call because they like to put a little extra emphasis on the defense. <laughs> I'm not going to do that here uh, All right, the, for the, for the, for the viewing, for the viewing audience on Twitch, you'll get a little bonus one in, in the break. All right. Fair enough. All right. But as as Ryan alluded to in these preview podcasts, we like to bring on a guest from the opposing side. And this week is no different. We found ourselves a Packers fan. We actually kind of like and we're just sticking with him for the rest of the the rest of eternity. Uh, He he is a writer for Cheesehead TV. He's on the Pack-A-Day podcast. He's on Packers sports. He's everywhere. He's at Dusty Evilly on Twitter. It's Dusty Evilly. Thanks for joining us, man. Hey, listen, I appreciate you guys tolerating me and having me back. Thank you, guys. Excited about this. No, we we do legitimately love your your company and your insight, and so uh, we're gonna we're gonna dig into that for the next forty five minutes or so here. Um, and as we always do, let's start with the opponent's offense going against the Lions' defense. And I think we have to start with Jordan Love here. Uh, now that he's you know four or five, whatever, however many starts he's he's into his NFL career at this point. And listen, from the outside looking in, I haven't watched a ton of his tape yet. The advanced statistics confuse the hell out of me, Dusty. Yeah, yeah. Because his completion percentage over expect over expected is literally last in the league. Mm-hmm. His PFF grade is bad, like top bottom ten in the league. Mm-hmm. Yet the team is second in pass DVOA yep. and third in dropback EPA. Mm-hmm. So what the hell is going on? Magic, Jeremy's magic. No, <laughs> oh, Packers magic. It's so always it's, uh, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, four starts because he had the KC start two years ago. Right. Uh, and then uh, three starts this year. So four stars. He's heading into his fifth start. Uh, yeah, I've been tracking this year his CPOE. It's been negative all three weeks. 
mm-hmm. all three weeks, negative CPOE. Um, the PFF, I, I kind of take with a grain of salt uh, sure. with a lot of that stuff. What I think what we've seen, one of the things, one of his stats that I love this past week is ADOT, as uh, his average depth of target was 12.6, mm-hmm. which was not only highest in the league, it was the highest. Um, it was the highest of any week of any quarterback has had so far this year, which has only been, it's only three weeks. Uh, but dude, dude's gone in uh, his, his for, a dot for the league is the highest, which is 10.6, which I think it was 10.4 of the league last year. Hmm. So he's gone in. Um, I think he's, I think it's right to be confused by the advanced stats. I think there's a handful of things going on. I think one of them is I think he's been a victim of some drops. And that, I mean, I think with PFF, uh, PFF, football outsiders, uh, pro football reference, wherever you look, everyone is so stingy with drops. It's like, I know, I swear to God, I'll watch a game and like, there was six drops there and you look and there's one. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on. But there's been like, if not drops, balls that have hit receivers' hands that should have been caught. I guess I'll put it that way. Uh, so he's, he's been the victim of some drops. This past week, especially, I'm, I'm throwing zero shade on any refs because the refs set the tone early in that game and kind of let him do it. Saints were living in jerseys. All day. DBs living in jerseys. This past week, especially living in uh, receivers jerseys, knocking balls away, getting hands on guys as the ball was in the air, stuff like that. So that played into it, kind of a little physical, physical, physicality to it. Um, but then also you have, I mean, it's a young, I think youngest wide receiver group since the 0-16 Browns, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they've been missing wide receiver one all year. Christian Watson's been out. And so there's been inconsistencies with routes run, uh, with guys being where they're supposed to be. And then not to take anything about away from Jordan Love, he is also he had an accuracy issues in college and he still will show those occasionally. Now, deep ball has just the deep. ball. He's gunning. Deep ball has not been there. Like he is. I think he has attempted from if I remember this correctly, second most passes of 20 plus yards in the league. And he's completed like three of them on the year. Uh, he's done most of his damage on a deep ball with defensive pass interferences. So thank, oh, thanks guys. God. No, appreciate, appreciate you. Uh, he no. had two big, two big ones uh, in the fourth quarter this past week. Uh, but then also some of his, um, not a short game. His quick game has been surprisingly good, but his mid range, like out game, he's, he's off on those, like pretty consistently. So it's kind of, it's a whole bunch of stuff going on, but like when he's on, like he can hit, we usually like drive to drive. He's relatively consistent. You'll just have these weird throws. And then sometimes receivers not being where they're supposed to be. So it's the CPOA is it's, I mean, his, I think his completion percentage on the year is like 53% or 57 yeah. or something like it's, it's bad. Um, I do think there's things that I think that will tick up, but it is, if you just look at when you sent those stats, I hadn't looked at it like that before. It paints a very confusing picture. <laughs> it, it, it looks like um, I was thinking about this when I was watching the game this past week, it's, it's almost like a seventies Terry Bradshaw. We're just like, like that whole seventies era. Like I'm just gunning this. Like, I yeah. don't care. Like everything's going 20 plus yards down the field. My completion percentage, 47%. So that's the <laughs> picture it kind of paints, but he's been, I think he's been pretty good. Yeah. And I feel like too dusty, like that's maybe one of the last things that I think quarterbacks kind of develop is that mid range game, like throwing to yeah. the boundary outside the hash. Like that's something that like Jared Goff has really like, it's probably why he's in the league, right? Like he can make mm-hmm. those throws all the time, Jeremy. So, yeah. um, it comes with time. Um, but uh, speaking of the Packers offense, like ninth in DVOA, right? Like second in mm-hmm. passing, like we just talked about, but 27th in rushing. Dusty, what's going on with the running game? Is it as simple as A.J. Dillon hasn't been very good and the Packers miss Aaron Jones? Is it I wish know, it offensive was, line issues up front? Yeah. No, I wish, wish it was it, that easy. Wish it was that easy. I mean, Jones has been out. Jones played... 
what the two and a half quarters of the first game. And then he scored like that 80 yard touchdown and pulled up on his hamstring. He said during the game, he said, or after the game, he called it a hamstring bite, which is not anything I've ever heard before. I've not heard a hamstring talked to as a bite before. He said, if the game was uh, still in hand, or if it was, if it was close, he would have gone back in. He's missed two games now. Uh, and so if it's just as easy as that, it's like, we will plug Aaron Jones and that's fine. The other side is that first week, there was also David Bakhtiari who, has now not played two games in a row. And that's just, that's the norm now, apparently. There was a conversation that second week around, is Dave Bakhtiari not playing because it's a turf game and he doesn't want to play on turf. And my answer to that was, again, I wish it was that easy because if it was just, I don't want to play a turf game, okay, you can plan for that. It's worse if his knee's flaring up and it's bad again. Well, his knee's flaring up and it's bad again. He didn't play this past week either. Uh, they lost Elton Jenkins um, in week two as well. Sprain MCL. They've not put him on IR. So they do expect him back at some point, uh, but, but I mean, not this, not this Thursday, I can't imagine. And that's the left side of their line. And so if you look at their line, if you've got that line on the best day, if those two guys are in their centers, Josh Myers, who is inconsistent at best, uh, can move in the run game. Isn't like, an, they, they will pull him more than the pull guard. Like he's an athletic dude. He'll get out on the edge, all that pin pull stuff. Like you'll pull on that stuff, but he's inconsistent. He'll let guys get past him, pass game, run game, whatever. He's better in pass than he is against the run at right guard. The most confusing one every time I talk to him is John Runyon because uh, his dad was like a road grader. He's not. He's a pass protector guy. He's not going to move a lot of guys in the run game. And then a right tackle is Zach Tom. Another dude, very good uh, pass protection, not great in the run. And that's on their best day. Well, now you take away their left side of the line. They're two best run guys. You play some with Rasheed Walker, who was um, fifth or seventh round pick last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh has graded out. If you look at PFF, if you look at him on the, if you look at him on the field, really good pass pro missed several blocks in the run game this past week. They're pulling him. He, he, he can't, he's just missing blocks. And then they've got Royce Newman at left guard. Royce Newman's entire thing is if you run a single stunt across his face, he looks like he's never played football before. <laughs> and again, another guy that can pass pro, but can't run. And so Dylan has missed that Dylan has missed his reads at times. Dylan has stumbled over his feet at times. Uh, the offense looks a little better on Patrick Taylor's out there. He's there. Um, I would imagine they elevate him this week. He's been their practice squad call up. Uh, he's been with them three or four years now. Uh, so they've looked better with him. But if you watch some of these run plays, it's AJ Dillon in the backfield. And then you see like, okay, there's a guy knifing through because it was a missed block or something. So if, if Aaron Jones is back this week, that's great. Run game will be better because Aaron Jones is better at seeing those holes. He's better at avoiding that contact, things like that. But they're they're going to have to beat Detroit through the air. Like I don't anticipate that run game getting any better until at least one of Elton Jenkins or David Bakhtiari is back. Until they have a functional, until they have one functional run blocking lineman, the run game's not going to be anything other than like bo be uh, below average at best. Yeah, Jeremy, that kind of concerns me though. Because if there was one way that the Lions can get beat on defense, it's probably through the air. That's kind of been demonstrated so far this year. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it, it, it has to be a, it has to be a dynamic passing attack. It has to be a a. I, I guess my my level of concern is is mixed because Geno Smith and and that passing offense has been good for quite some time. We're still learning about how good this Packers passing attack is. We did just get done talking about how efficient it can be, and so I guess I, I want to kind of shift the conversation back to the passing game here because because the Packers have been so one dimensional on offense, how are they still finding success? Is it just like, is it that old adage that play action can be successful, whether you're having a running game or not, and that's what's happening? Or is it just chuck the ball up is is a good strategy in today's NFL because you're 
every now and then you're going to get a 50 yard pass interference penalty, which spoiler alert, that's probably going to be my one thing I think I know about this game. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, so the, the, they are still using a lot of play action. Uh, teams, teams know. I mean, we saw it with the Falcons game specifically, and then this past week against the Saints as well. Teams are keying in on this that, like, we don't have to care about their run game. If we've got a decent front, we don't have to care about their run game. So they're just dropping linebackers. And mm-hmm. so a lot of like, there's a, there's a couple like very key, every team in the league will run these, these play action concepts to attack the middle of the field. They haven't been there. And so they've been, the Packers have been looking for answers. So that's what like some of those like intermediate outbreaking stuff have come off of play action because they're looking to hit that middle of the field. It's not there because there's a linebacker in the lane. And so some of the play action stuff has not been as effective. Now they're still running it like crazy. Um, I will say the floor has almost been showing off at times this year. Some of his plays design the motion stuff he's been doing the way he's able it's it's a young receiving group but they've got speed um they've got guys who will attack the ball so he's been weaponizing those guys as much as humanly possible and that's helped them a ton and i've not looked at the numbers like they're using i know they're using a ton of play action but i don't know where they are in the league motion i think they're third in the league right now behind like way behind the dolphins who I think are at like 90% (laughs) and they're neck and neck with the Niners at this point, but everybody is. Oh, I know, but they're doing a bunch of short motion stuff. uh, Like Mm -hmm. the stuff the dolphins have been doing. They've been doing that since week one. Uh, A lot of stuff with Musgrave, uh, the the, the rookie tight end, they've been motioning him a bunch to get him open. Uh, He's been a big part of their attack, even if his numbers don't show it yet. Um, But yeah, I mean, they're, they, they will, I think the play action is effective, but it's because they found ways around what the, how defenses are trying to take traditional play action away with some of that stuff. Yeah. So Dusty, let's talk a little bit about the, the receiving game Um, because uh, you know, a big name that's been on the injury report for the Packers so far this year has been Christian Watson and, you know, hamstrings can just be something that, that linger all the time. So I guess Mm -hmm. my question to you is, um, you know, we, we got a sense that Christian Watson's going to be playing on Thursday. Like, how much do you think he'll be playing? And, um, you know, just, just talk generally about like the Packers, you know, receiving threats. I mean, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, some of these guys who maybe have kind of fallen by the wayside for, for Lions listeners. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, Watson. I mean, I, I think because I kind of did this a little bit last year when he came back from a hamstring. Cause he this year he tweaked it like he was fine all training camp. He played. um he played every preseason game and it was the practice leading up to week one. He tweaked it and then we haven't seen him. And so what they did with him last year, last year, he didn't do any training camp. And then when they brought him in, they kind of, they brought him in pitch count. So I would imagine we will see him. And now he said he had a comment today where he said something like he probably would have been good to go this past week on like 10 to 15 snaps. And he said, but the decision was made. It was something effective decision was made. Like, I don't want to go out there because then I'm taking up a roster spot from someone else who can play more and have a bigger impact and, and, you know, more impact on the, on the game plan overall. So that's one of the reasons they sat. So I would imagine we're not going to see him a ton, but 20, 25 snaps, I'd imagine. Uh, and I mean, he's when he's out there, because when they did this last year, they brought him in and it was a whole bunch of jet sweeps and stuff. And I think they'll be using him for that, but he is a good, well-rounded receiver with, I mean, they've got speed. He's got speed that like no one has like that dude's like freak show, like Randy Moss level speed stuff. Uh, so I think they'll be running him a lot of deep stuff, but yeah, then the other guys that's been uh, there, I was going to say the de facto one, they don't really have a one, but Dobbs has been the dude. He's that second year guy. Um, yeah. Little inconsistent, but like he had the game winning touchdown catches past week, uh, has gotten better uh, hands and route running and getting off the line. Like he's shown, I was not super high in him last year. He's shown a lot of improvement this year. Uh, Jaden Reed, the rookie out of Michigan State, has been tremendous. Trem- had a couple drops this past week, but I think he ran his combine was something like four or five, but they said they clocked him at like four or three at his pro day. He plays fast. He's, he's small. 
but he plays a little bigger and he plays fast. Um, and he's kind of been their slot guy. They'll line him up. It's funny because he's not a big guy. He's one of those guys that fit just below the Packers drafting thresholds. They'll put him, uh, insert him under the line on some run blocking stuff, the way they used to do with Lazard. And like, he's nowhere near, uh, Alan Lazard, what Alan Lazard was, but dude, he's willing, uh, he's, but he's small dude, tough, fast. Uh, he'll make, he made, a tremendous catch this past week on a slot fade. So he'll, they'll get him loose a bunch of different ways. Uh, Dontavian Wicks is probably the other big guy, another rookie. Everyone's a rookie uh, <laughs> out of Virginia, uh, rookie out of Virginia. They've been finding ways to get him open as well. Uh, and he's the way he catches the ball. He's not as fast as not the immediate speed of Reed, but they're, it seems like every week they're like, oh, okay, we can do this with this guy. And so he's, he's a guy I would look out for in terms, especially if Watson, because if Watson's back, everyone bumps down a little bit. I mean, right. Reed, or Wicks has seen the field a lot and he'll probably still will continue to see the field a lot, but they're finding ways to kind of get him open uh, a little bit more. And he really good hands catcher. And then kind of rounding stuff out would be, I guess, Malik Heath, who if Watson's on the field, we probably won't see a lot of Malik Heath. Malik Heath is more of like a smaller kind of more of a blocking guy, not a ton of speed. I think he's gotten like two, maybe three targets. I don't even know if he has a catch on the year at this point, but kind of like a more of a bruiser guy, but everyone else's speed rookies, young guys, it's Dobbs and Watson are the vets. And both those guys are two year guys or everyone else's rookies. At this point. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this, I think this is the most fascinating matchup because it does seem like run run Packers run offense versus lines run defense is pretty heavily favored in the Lions' favor. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lions are coming off a, a much better pass defense game, but Desmond Ritter is not a guy who likes to push the ball downfield that much. They do have some good receivers over there, but it seems like the Packers have a bunch of different kind of weapons. I would say. I say Falcons are like kind of like the big slow bruisers, right? The right. Packers are just like flyers a little bit more, right? And you know, the lines are probably going to have both their starting safeties out again. Obviously, CJ Gardner Johnson's on IR, and it looks like Kirby is, is not trending towards playing in this game. So it, it's going to be a big test for a guy like Ifatu Melifanu, who had a, a nice promising debut, and, and Tracy Walker, who I think is more than capable. Um, but I don't know, Ryan, how are you feeling about that matchup? Because it seems like you're maybe a little bit more nervous than I am about it. Yeah, I I, I kind of just view it as, you know, Dusty kind of set the table with, you know, even if Watson does play 15, 20 snaps or whatever, yeah. like we we saw what that was like with Jameson last year at the end, tail end of the season, right? Like put him on the field. It, it could be one play. He can make one mm-hmm. play and it, it's a big one, right? It, yeah. It's one where it's like, oh, that swung the momentum of the football game. So, you know, even if he is on a pitch count, like I guess my concern with is the speed. And then, you know, Dusty bringing up the point about Atlanta, you know, Drake London, London's a big guy. He's not a slow guy by any means, but Kyle Pitts right. is a big guy, you know, and uh, it kind of boils down to like, I just don't really believe in Desmond Ritter. I don't know if the Falcons should either, but um, <laughs> I, I feel like there's more promise with Jordan Love. And obviously you have LaFleur, who's just kind of like a, you know, creative genius when it comes to passing concepts. And like, like Dusty said, they'll figure out ways to get guys open. And that could be a concern to me. I mean, Mosley, Jeremy, I feel like that is maybe the biggest question mark to me. Yeah, it'd be nice to have him. I don't think we're going to have him this week. I know. And and even if even if the lines do have him, which, again, I don't think it's going to happen, it sounds Dan Campbell made it pretty clear that they're going to ease him in. So he would only take some of Jerry Jacobs, snaps. And so, yeah, I mean, if, if we got here, handsy Jerry Jacobs out there and the, the Packers <laughs> are drawing a, a heck of a lot of deep pass interference flags, we're, we're going to get a frustrating one. And, he, and he, I, you will get at least one tweet Thursday night of me complaining that pass interference is, a, is not a spot foul because any penalty that's 40 yards in this game does not. 
belong in the. I look forward. I look forward to seeing that journey. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, before we go to our first break here, Dusty, I, I want to throw it to you in terms of what about this matchup maybe concerns you as a Packers fan? Hey, run game. Uh, yeah. Run game is the big thing for me, just because as we saw against, I mean, Saints were eating them alive this past week, and part of Lafleur's whole thing. He wants to stick with it. And I understand that so much of the passing game is tied to that. He want, you got to set some of that stuff up. Like you said, it, the run game doesn't have to be effective, but you got to show those looks. Yeah. You got to show that you're at least willing to run and get them to bite on it. And even, I mean, that was, I'm watching that game and going, the same minutes left, man, you just chuck the ball. And, and to the, I mean, they threw the ball a lot. I think they had, I think uh, he had uh, 50 some odd dropbacks, loved it this past week, mm-hmm. when every other week has been like 30 or below, uh, the first two weeks have been 30 or below. So they were chucking, but it was also still a lot of runs. And some of their run game, it's little sideways pitches to Dylan, like stop doing that stuff. But it's, I, I understand the purpose and the structure of it. So my, my concern is, I think, I'm with you guys, I think passing is the way to attack Detroit, especially the way both of these teams are built. However, I think LaFleur, especially early, is really going to try to lean on that run game and lean into it a little too heavy. I think that's as much as I, I really love what he's doing. I think there are times he will just like, this is what we want to do. We are going to stick to this, even if it's not working. And sometimes it'll work and sometimes it won't. So I think it'll be very clear, very early. You need to pass to win this game. Run game's not working. Even if Aaron Jones is out there, you need to be pass heavy. And I still think he's going to lean on the run a little too heavy and get just beat a little bit. So that's my, I think that's my main concern going into this game. I have a thousand yeah. concerns. That's my main. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, there, there are concerns there too, but like, I feel like, you should know that Jeremy also wants to take away run plays from Ben Johnson when it's second and 10 or second and nine. <laughs> yeah. And I'm starting to feel that way too. Like at first I was like, Jeremy, this is a Jeremy thing, but like now I'm seeing, I'm like, okay, hold on. This is all, this is all this thing. <laughs> this is a Jeremy thing. How dare you? I, I'm starting to think that maybe we should have just made the entire podcast of things that Dusty's worried about, but um, maybe, maybe we'll have like a, how much time uh, you guys got tonight? Let's a a supplemental podcast where we just do that. <laughs> uh, but let's take a break here. When we come back, we're going to flip the script, talk about the Lions offense against the Packers defense and throw out some predictions for Thursday night. When we come back here on First Fight with Dusty Evely, we'll be right back. And we are back here on First Bite, previewing Lions Packers here with Dusty Evely of Cheesehead TV, Pack-A-Day Podcast, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, let's let's flip the script, as I said. Let's talk about the Lions offense against the Packers defense. Uh, more injuries to talk about, uh, really, on both sides of the ball. Um, looks like mostly good for the line, good news for the Lions. It sounds like Taylor Decker is going to be back, which means kicking Panay back to the right side uh, means uh, we don't have to go through OT4, OT5 on this team. Um, but obviously Vitae still looking like he's going to be out. Graham Glasgow expected to start at right guard. Uh, and then David Montgomery, uh, a guy who's only missed one game, uh, suddenly in play this week. Not Still not entirely certain whether he's going to play or not, but seems to be trending in the right direction. On the Packers side, let's start with Devondre Campbell. Um, kind of a breakout linebacker star in the past couple of years here. Yeah. Not looking good so far this week. He's missed both you know, quote unquote, missed both walkthroughs this week. Um, what's what's your kind of outlook of that situation and, and what what sort of impact will it be if, if he can't go? 
Yeah, I'll say it's it's never good when they're like, don't worry, don't worry, guys. The ankle he injured this time is different than the ankle that he injured uh, before the season started. Like that's that's not great. Um, he play he started this past week because he I think he started from week one, but he injured it uh, either uh, during training camp or preseason or something like that, and then had looked pretty good. Um, I think all pro two years ago and struggled a bit last year with with Quay and kind of playing a, a different kind of uh, role there in Green Bay, but I think started to come on as the year went along. Looked pretty good so far this year. I was, I didn't, I was watching the game. I was in the stands. And so I didn't see when he went out. Uh, I just, I was just watching the game and going, boy, Isaiah McDuffie's out there a lot trying to make tackles seven yards down the field. So if that gives you any indication of how I feel, Devondre Campbell's out right there. So yeah, he, he did not look like they took him, I think second quarter, uh, he tested the ankle, could not go back in. I, I don't think he's playing this week, which means you're like looking at, uh, I mean, the way they did it, unless they, they change how they're going to play, they like to put two linebackers. So it'll be Quay Walker, who I think has been, Terrific this year has, has been very, very good. Um, second year guy. He had took his lumps last year, <laughs> took his lumps. Uh, it shoved one of your trainers, if I'm not mistaken. Is yeah. one, of, one of the lumps. very popular guy here. Yeah. Yeah. He also <laughs> got thrown out of the Buffalo game last year for uh, shoving a practice squad guy on the side of the field, but he's been great meditating, uh, self-growth, <laughs> all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> applaud you. Quay Walker has been tremendous. Um, but if it's Isaiah McDuffie going as second linebacker starter, uh, he is um, not great. <laughs> I think his eyes are fine. Uh, he can get fooled. The closing speed is not great. Not a great tackler. Like I said, I mean, it was like, listen, this is going to be a shot at, at someone. A lot of people love in Green Bay land. It was like watching like Blake Martinez or AJ Hawk again. It was like, oh, oh, he made the tackle, but it was like a yard past the first down marker. So he's that's he is functional. It's a pretty big step down from uh, Campbell to to McDuffie there in the linebacker spot. Yeah. And, and maybe even of more concern, I would say I'll. In the secondary, Jair Alexander limited, didn't play last week. Um, you know, what does that defensive backfield look like, especially at the cornerback position when when he's not able to go? And if he does, how much better does it look? I mean, it's night and day. Well, and part of it, so Jair was kind of a late scratch. I don't know when he injured his back, but I thought he was playing. We were all before the game looking around going, we're looking, all right, Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, because they were game time last week. And then suddenly like Jair was the first one ruled out. And so that was a bit of a shock. And so it was, it's Rasul who has been, Rasul Douglas is, uh, I mean, a very good, smart, heady player, not nearly athletically gifted as Jair, but it can hold his own uh, smart dude. Uh, They had uh, Carrington Valentine out there, who was a uh, seventh round rookie out of UK go UK uh, and looked like preseason darling looked really good, has all the skills in the world. And then he got injured. And then they had, um, if, if this will confuse you anymore, Corey Valentine got injured. So they brought in Corey Ballantyne. It's just, you just, you, you had a B you, you'd sub a B for a V and you got one of them and they are two entirely different players. And so there was times I was watching the game going, that's it's Ballantyne on the outside with uh with Chris Olave. Like this doesn't end well. And what they would end up doing, they played a lot of single high and they cloud that they caught Ballantyne side with a with a safety. Uh usually uh either Savage or Ford uh, were the guys that threw over there. And so it changes, I mean it changes the way that you have to play different the defense. It changes the structure. And I mean the Saints had Olave and then uh you know Slant Boy or whatever and then a couple uh, a couple other guys Slant Boy <laughs> <laughs> or like, Michael Thomas It's legitimately like all he ran this past week though like I don't know uh and he had some good catches and Jim you know Jimmy Graham like that's not they don't have like the the best crew of wide receivers over there and so 
if Jair can't go, it, that's like the guys you're looking at. I don't think Valentine practiced either. Uh, and so you're probably, you're probably throwing Valentine out there. Uh, Stokes is not ready to go yet. Uh, he's still on PUP, I believe. And so, I mean, that's, that's one, that defensive back room looks very good with Jair and without Jair and Stokes not back yet. And Valentine down, like they're, pretty susceptible. And then one of the biggest questions about this team preseason was their safety room. It was legitimately before the first game. It was still, we got Darnell Savage who's on the fifth year rookie option and it's only around because they gained nothing from cutting him. And he has been a pretty big disappointment, although he's been better this year. And then no one knew who the second safety the defensive coordinator was like, I don't know who the second safety is. Well, that's a problem. They had Rudy Ford. Uh, they had uh, Mr. Mr. Simone Biles, Jonathan Owens out there. Um, Anthony Johnson Jr. Rookie from Florida who uh, did not dress this past week. So the safety situation is kind of a mess. Um, it's Savage who has been pretty good this year. I think uh, Ford who has been, eh, and then kind of rotating cast of other guys when they throw another safety out there. And then it was like, well, that's okay. Cause the cornerbacks are good. I know the cornerbacks are injured. So the secondary without jaws kind of, a little bit of a mess. So I guess what does that make have you feeling about the the Packers past defense in general? Because it seems like they just kind of haven't been tested looking at their opponents. You know, Chicago Bears are who they are. Atlanta Falcons, we just saw them. We saw kind of their their faults in, in their passing game. And then you face a, a Saints team that that injured gets their quarterback injured halfway through the game. So is this is this a passable pass defense? Is it still just a very much a, a big question mark? Do you feel like maybe once they get full strength, they're going to be fine? Where are you at? I think the pass. I think the pass rush is legitimately great, especially yeah. with Rashawn. So I think if anything longer developing, Rashawn's been on a tear, and they've been easing him back in a little more every week. He had three sacks this past week. Uh, just looks like an absolute monster. There's ways you can take advantage of him, but as a pass like pure pass rusher like absolute lunatic from the moment he got unleashed from week one. Uh, so that's been, that's been a lot of fun. Preston Smith's been fine. Lucas Van Ness has shown flashes. So I think, I mean, the best pass defense is just that pass rush is getting after it. Kenny Clark looks like just a man possessed this year uh, with some of the help around him a little bit more. Devontae White's taking a step in that department as well. Uh, I think, I think at full strength, I feel okay about them just because their philosophy overall is, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Joe Barry, but his philosophy is more, you know, bend, but don't break. And then a lot of times they give up like an 18 lane drive. Anyway, uh, <laughs> their tackling has been iffy, um, little spotty last year was bad. I think they're better this year. Their whole thing is let them catch stuff underneath and then rally and tackle. Don't give up the big plays, but then they'll give up the big plays. Um, I think overall they're fine. It's just, I think with the way they kind of have to change stuff around with, with the way some of these guys are injured, gives me more concern than it would otherwise. But I think overall, I mean, I think every year under the Barry era, it's been this defense sucks, this defense sucks. And then you look and it's like, they're, 31st against the rush. If you look DVOA, like 31st against the rush, but they're top 10 pass. So, I mean, I think they're, they're functionally fine as far as the pass game goes, but there's certainly ways you can take advantage of them. I'm, I'm scared to death of I'm on Ross St. Brown, like just scared. To, I wanted that man in green Bay so bad. And I'm scared to death of him every time he gets his hand on the wall. That's good to hear. <laughs> I like to hear that. Um, that's a really good thing. Um, so he, here's the other thing too, about that defense and Rashawn Gary, like this was a number that I pulled out from like PFF, but like he only has like 45 pass rushing snaps. Cause he, he is on that pitch count, you know, come back mm-hmm. from the ACL injury, which he suffered in November of last year against the lions. And it's like, yeah. dude's already back. He's on a pitch count, but he already has three and a half sacks on 45 pass rushing snaps. Yeah. Like, Mike Parsons doesn't have that on 80. Like the dude is mm-hmm. just crazy efficient. And yeah, he, he's somebody who it, it's interesting about this game, how these two teams will look so different on Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? Hopefully, oh, I mean, they're, they're healthy. Like this game could mean absolutely nothing, you know, uh, um, um, you know, two months from now, but um, 
Jeremy, like this is the running gag with the Green Bay Packers. Do they care about stopping the run? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it's a good question because uh, the Lions certainly want to run the ball and they've kind of only done it to mixed results. And and part of that is is the, you know, offensive line issues that injuries that have been popping up and and part of it is is getting, you know, Jameer yeah, Jameer Gibbs, uh I almost said Jameer Alexander. Um Jameer Gibbs uh you know, goal ball player. Right. <laughs> he's he's basically that guy from Colorado. He can play both sides of the ball. Um <laughs> But I I think in general, like the the running game isn't where it needs to be. It feels like maybe this is a, a, a game where they could get things going a little bit more. I mean, they've had 100 yards each game, but the efficiency numbers aren't where they want to be. So, um, Dusty, I guess let's throw it to you. Like, how how is this run defense finally getting better or do they still not care? Better is a relative term. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, they're they're better. Uh, but yeah, like to your point, yeah, I don't they, they they have never really cared that much. And that's as an overall philosophy. I am fine with that. I'm fine with yeah. them not caring that much. But you do have to like devote some amount of resources, to, like be better than terrible. I think I know last year they were one of the few teams that had, like teams that like a positive EPA rushing against them, which is bad, like right. really bad. Um Kenny Clark's again, Kenny Clark's a monster. Kenny Clark yeah. can do anything, do everything. Uh the hope, I know it was TJ Slayton in his third year out of Florida. Big, big dude, big dude. Um, would be kind of the the run stuffing guy that can show some some pass rush moves. And I think he's gotten better. Uh he's he's an upgrade over Tyler Lancaster, which is what they drafted him for, but I don't think Tyler Lancaster is in the league anymore, if that tells you anything. Um, so he's he has gotten better. He will end up on the ground a little too much for my liking. Devontae Wyatt was the guy that you would hope would take like a second year leap. He's gotten better as a pass rusher, but uh, still feels too light. Still feels like he can't quite hold the ground on the run game. Uh, I think Quay Walker's helped shore some of that stuff up. But yeah, that, the, I mean, the front, that front is still one that, yeah, you can, you can absolutely run on that. That's when I look at the Lions rush game, like you said, I, I kind of came in this year uh, excited about the, the the Lions rushing game. I love what Ben Johnson's doing uh, on the offense as a whole. Their run game last year was a ton of fun to watch. And you watch it this year, and I don't know what it is, but something's something's missing uh, from that run game so far. Uh, but if you're looking for a good, right, right, right game against the run over the past, I don't know, I feel like seven years going up <laughs> against the Packers is a pretty good way to do that. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I fully expect the Lions to have some success, uh, especially with Jameer Gibbs. I mean, they'll there'll be holes for him to run through. And if he gets loose, we saw, listen, dude, Taysom Hill had like a 15 yard run this past week. So yeah, Jameer Gibbs gets loose. Like, <laughs> like if he, he finds a hole. Like he's, I think he's, I think Jameer Gibbs going to bust at least like one pretty big run, or it looks like he might be bottled, bottled up like for a two yard gain or something. That wouldn't shock me in a bit. Ooh, that's a little, that, that's a freebie. Get, yeah. I was going to say getting into prediction time a little early here. <laughs> uh, the last, I, I kind of want to go back to Rashawn Gary really quick, just because, you know, Taylor Decker is, seems like he's going to play in this game, but he's already said like, it, it's going to freaking hurt. Like he's going to be hurting out there with a high. I mean, he's playing with a high ankle sprain and a bone bruise, which seems insane to me since he suffered it two weeks ago. Um, I guess it'll be three weeks uh, on, on Thursday. Um, I, I, I'll throw it to you, Ryan. Like how concerned are you of a hurt and most likely limited Taylor Decker going against an elite pass rusher like Rashawn Gary, assuming that Gary plays both sides, maybe more on the offenses left. I feel like that's a dusty question. That is kind of a dusty question. I'll have to, I'll have to look it up. I'm not sure. I think I think they've been they kind of mix and match him a little yeah. bit more. I know they had last year. I think Preston was kind of more offensive left, Gary right. But I think they're moving with the. And I don't know if that's just limited or what. I'd have to look up the the, the breakdown. But I think they're moving around a little bit more just because it's he's out here for limited snaps. Where we can get, where can we gain the biggest advantage from his lineup? Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Here, here's the thing, Jeremy. I think when you take stock of all things, I, Taylor Decker playing is a testament to like how tough the dude is, right? Like just tough as nails and, and wants to be out there. I think that this divisional game above anything else probably means so much to him um, yeah. as he's seen this team take a turn from when he was drafted back in 2016. I think regardless of who lines up there, I, I would, I would want Taylor Decker at 85% rather than whoever else they're going to throw out there. Do you know what I mean? And, 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 and truth be told though, like it's Rashawn Gary, like, it's one of those things where yeah, I do want Taylor Decker out there because if Taylor Decker's not out there, then like Jared Goff is running for his life. And we we've seen that horror story before. So that's fair. Yeah, it is. It is a concern. Um, but you know, yeah, I think you're, I'm, I'm with you. Like you gotta have an 85% Taylor Decker over. Dan Skipper. Dan Skipper. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, I mean, he's a rookie and he, he held up all right, but Ugh. Colby Sorsdale playing tackle is, is not exactly one. And, and look, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I fingers crossed that, that Decker is as tough as he is and adrenaline and, and tore it all, all help out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think one of the, one of the more optimistic things though, is Graham Glasgow getting sure. a week to again, not a full week. Right. But like getting a chance to prepare. And I think that there was some concern when he stepped in, in the Seattle game and there were some pressures that he gave up and, and this, that, and the other thing, but last week he was super clean. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. I think it's time to get into prediction time into the segment that we call the one thing we think we know about this game where we make a prediction about the game. Doesn't have to be a prediction for the winner. Doesn't have to be a betting thing necessarily. Doesn't have to be against the spread just one thing you think you know about what's going to happen in this game uh i like to make ryan go first and and dusty we like to make it a little bit spicy so it's not just an obvious thing but you're if you want to just be right you can just pick something you can just throw a layup i'm I'm not going to judge you for that um but let's well try to go big i'll see what i can do okay (laughs) let's start with ryan though ryan what's one thing you think you know about lions packers ryan branch is gonna have a bigger game than he had last week oh god that okay wow that is coming out firing. Yeah. You know, Brian Branch had a great game last year or last week. I think that what he'll be able to do is stack another one. And maybe maybe he doesn't record as many tackles. Maybe he doesn't break up as many passes. But like, I think that this guy, once he starts building some momentum and stacking good performances, the game's going to slow down for him. And that's not good for opposing offenses. I mean, listen, he's already got one Thursday night touchdown this year. Hey, let's make it to a point. That's objectively true. (laughs) All right, Dusty, I'm going to throw it to you next. What is the one thing you think you know about Lions Packers? Uh, Brian Branch has a worse day than he had last week. Oh, um, <laughs> I think so. Just th- Price is right, me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, someone's got to be right. Uh, it gives one, gives one. I already gave you. We already did yeah. gives one. Um, I was gonna go. I was gonna go with Jordan Love, and I had numbers in mind, but you know, I don't know. Ryan kind of upped the game a little bit here, so we'll go. Um, we'll go. Jordan Love goes for three hundred plus yards and three touchdowns. Oof. I think I think they're gonna and part of that is I think part of that comes for me that comes down to volume because I don't think yeah. they're gonna be able to run I think they're gonna have to throw I think he's gonna just have to chuck the ball and numbers are gonna come out of it especially if Christian Watson's out there. Do you, do you yeah. kind of view that Dusty is like the path to victory for the Packers like that has to happen in order for the Packers to get a and, W until they get that left side of the line back I don't see how they win without Love just chucking the ball like it's gonna be very very difficult for them to do I think yeah. Man, I wish Kirby was playing in this game. Um, 
All right. The he's, one thing he's only Aaron Rodgers kryptonite, though. I think well, I mean, we don't know that. there's no there's no evidence <laughs> of that being true yet. Um, the one thing I think I know, other than the fact that the, the Packers are going to get handed 50 yards on, on a, a, a very ticky tacky pass interference penalty, and it's going to enrage me the entire night. And it's going to be the only thing I think about the entire night. Uh, I'm going to say that the Lions are, are going to find success on the ground. I think they're going to have 150 yards and average over five yards of carry which is well above what they're doing. I think they're averaging like three, six, three, seven on the year. They are averaging over a hundred yards per game, but I think this is a game in which they are going to try to, I mean, they, they kind of did it last time is they, they dictated the game on the ground. They kept the ball away from Aaron Rodgers. Um, They, they played small ball and you know, they won a, a, a low scoring affair. And I, I could definitely see a very similar outcome happening in, in, in this game to, to keep Jordan love from throwing for 300 yards is, is to play ball control and, and they should be able to, especially if David Montgomery's back there. The the efficiency numbers didn't look as good last week, and they didn't look great in the first two weeks. But I felt like they ran the ball actually pretty successfully in week one, a little bit more, a little bit less, but still kind of decent in week two. I think he's so key to what they want to do on the ground that even the idea of having him back for maybe they put him on a pitch count and maybe he's only out there for 10, 20 snaps. Um, I think it's going to help the Lions run game against what has historically been a, a not so good Packers run defense. All right, let's close things up there. Uh, Dusty, before we let you go, why don't you tell people where they can find you and what sort of stuff they can expect out of you? Yeah, I'm uh, find me on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, uh, at Dusty Evely. So I'll shout about stuff there. I've got uh, weekly over at Cheesehead TV doing past game stuff as far as how they do week to week, which is where I've been just like you, Jeremy, very confused about the CPOE and trying to make that make sense in my head in terms of why that's happening. Uh, so that and breaking stuff down, I've got a new series actually on Cheesehead TV's YouTube channel this year. That's been a lot of fun where I'm going through weekly with um, former Packers fullback, John Kuhn and walking through uh, three plays and kind of a film, film room type thing where I kind of get to pick his brain about stuff, which has been just a ton of fun. I've learned a bunch from that. And then just, Random articles, videos, whatever. Again, that I'll be shouting about. But that's the that's the two big places uh, that that I that you can find me this year. Great, um, that's awesome. I, I actually want to check that out a lot because that sounds really really cool. And I I've seen some of your solo film breakdown stuff, and, and it's really good. So I can only imagine having a a former Packer in the room there I, as well. I did a Lions one to tempt you guys, so I'm trying there to you try go. to trying to draw you in, draw you guys in. And that, <laughs> oh. that just, that's just Cheesehead TV on YouTube. Uh, the, the Coon one. Yeah. As, as she said to be on, on uh, YouTube. Yep. Nice. Perfect. All right. That's Dusty Evely. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thanks for Dusty for joining us. Thanks for Ryan for sticking around as well. Uh, but we'll do, we'll wrap things up there. Uh, hope everyone has a wonderful Thursday evening and then a awesome weekend where we don't have to worry about Lions football and we can all just laugh at the Chicago bears. I think, I think Dusty can agree to that too. I absolutely agree. Yes. A hundred percent. Red zone, red zone Sunday. It's one, of the, it's, one of the, it's one of the best days. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's chaos. Be kind. More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. 
Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.